I don't know what everybody stands in need of, but I know that everyone uh, stands in need of something, uh, and we want the Lord's will to be done in all things. Uh, and, and I know that, you know, it's, it's not in the volume, uh, but I tell you, folks, we're just, uh, it, it's, it, it's difficult when you've been used to doing something a certain way for over 30 years uh, and then have to switch all of a sudden, switch gears. But uh, God's grace is sufficient. He's going to help us. Uh, so let's pray to the Lord to speak to us here this morning. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee in the glory of them, for that it is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the day that you've given us and all that you've blessed us with. Father, I pray that you'd help us in all that we do. Lord, to glorify your name. Lord, I know today that there's a work to be done, a great work to be done. And I thank you, Father, for those that you are raising up, Lord, in this world. Those that are being obedient under your call, Lord, those that are hearing your voice. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Father, to continue on in the work, Lord, regardless of how we may do it, Lord. It's not in how, but it's in uh, the Spirit, Lord, that delivers the word to every heart. And help us, Lord, to realize that that is the most important thing that we can have today. Now, Lord, just give us strength for this journey and help us in every passing day to honor your name, look to you, and glorify you. And Father, we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, you can be seated. I do appreciate you uh, for standing today, but uh, in Luke 4, verses 1 through 21, I want to preach to you this morning, or teach, I guess, more, uh, on strength and temptation. Uh, strength and temptation. I believe temptation is a very real thing. Uh, the Bible said, Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot tempt, be tempted with evil, uh, neither does God tempt man with evil. So that's not God. Uh, the Bible said that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Uh, but what we find here is we find that Jesus uh, is here in the wilderness. Uh, and the first thing that I want you to notice 
uh, that he's full of the Holy Ghost. That's important. Full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you see, the Holy Ghost is something that's working in our world today. Uh, the Holy Ghost, I believe, is probably one of the most misunderstood concepts and doctrines in all the Bible. Uh, the Holy Ghost sometimes tends to confuse people, but that's not where this is. God is not the author of confusion, uh, but God wants us all to understand. Uh, and you see, what we have to know, uh, something about being full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, people want to know, how do you know you're full of the Holy Ghost? What's the benefits of being full of the Holy Ghost? Why do I even need the Holy Ghost? Does that mean I have to uh, convert over to the Pentecostal or the holiness faith or something like that? No, it does not. Uh, I believe that every born-again believer uh, is filled with the Spirit of God because the Bible says if we have not the Spirit of Christ, then we're none of His. So I believe that the Spirit of God is in us and the Spirit of God works in us. So I began to think about that and I just started to study this out a little bit in my mind and I thought, well, uh, what does the Bible say about the Spirit? I mean, why did God send it here to begin with? John 16, uh, verses 5 through 16, uh, the Bible says, But now I go my way, Jesus speaking, that sent unto him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you a little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Now there's a couple things I want you to notice here. Uh, when the Bible is referring to the Spirit, or the Comforter, uh, it is he a lot of time people refer to the Holy Spirit as it the Spirit's not an it the Spirit is a he the Spirit is a person God the Father God the Son God the Holy Ghost they all three agree in one third person person in the Godhead the Spirit is a he the Spirit is working among us doing things among us and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. You see, that's so important for us is to be filled with the Spirit. Because when you think about it, I've had people call me on the phone and say, Preacher, I want you to pray that I'll get more of the Holy Ghost. No, I'm going to pray that the Holy Ghost will get more of you. That's where it's at. It's God having control of you. It's God working in you and living in you that makes things happen in you that's how you get through temptation that's how you get through trouble that's how you get through trials is through the strength of simply being filled with the Holy Ghost and I believe you've got to have that and then we find that he was 40 days tempted of the devil Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and led by the Spirit into the wilderness and I want you to know this too he's led by the Spirit when you're full of the Holy Ghost you're being led by the Spirit I believe one of the greatest tragedies in our churches today and ain't nobody hardly being led by the Spirit anymore. 
I mean, they're all sitting waiting on, waiting on man to tell them what to do. This is not my job, your job, Dalton's job, anybody's job to tell you what you need to do. That's God's job. And I believe there are a lot of people that are being led to do some great things and they just won't yield to it. They won't allow God to use them. I mean, you think about being led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we have to let God uh, lead us. And he was 40 days tempted uh, of the devil. And you think about that number 40. The number 40, and uh, if, if you've never really studied it out, there's a lot of good uh, resources on that. All numbers mean something in the Bible, every one of them. Uh, and the number 40 is mentioned 146 times in Scripture. And it symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. You stop and think about uh, children of Israel in the desert, in the wilderness, 40, 40 years. Uh, Moses, I believe, was in the mount, 40 days. Uh, here, Jesus here, a period of fasting, 40 days uh, in his life. Uh, and it was preparing him for something. That's, I want you to get this here. There are times in our life when we will be tested. There are times in our life when God will allow us uh, to be, and the Bible said here that he was tempted of the devil. So when you think about being tempted, I don't think, and, and, and understand this, if the devil is not afraid to take on the Son of God, he's not afraid of you. If he's not afraid to take him on, he'll take you on any day of the week. But you see, what you have to have is you have to have the one that endured the temptation in you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So this number 40 uh, is very, very important. And I believe that as Jesus went through this time, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and they were ended, afterward he was a hungry. Now I believe the devil was watching Jesus. And he was waiting for the weakness. You see, that's what he does. Satan will not jump on you when you're strong. He will not jump on you when you're on a spiritual mountaintop. He's going to wait till you hit the valley. He is going to wait until you hit rock bottom and you've lost a lot of things. And that's when he climbs on your wagon. Amen. He'll catch you at your weakest point. Satan doesn't fight fair. I've said that for years and I'm going to continue to say it. Satan does not fight fair. And a lot of times it feels like we lose the battle. You know why? We fight him on his battleground. We have got to get Satan on God's battleground. We've got to get Satan at a higher plane, uh, sort of like the way an eagle fights a snake. An eagle will never fight a snake on the ground because the snake has too much stamina. But that eagle with his claws picks that snake up and flies off with him. And when that snake leaves the ground, he has no stamina. He can't strike. Uh, and that's why an eagle will never fight a snake on the ground. We should never... Uh, try to fight the devil on his terms and his weakness because the devil is not going to fight you until he thinks he has you cornered. And he was waiting. You see, and you've got to understand. You say, well, now, wait a minute. You really believe that Jesus had a weak moment? You remember that Jesus was 100% God and he was 100% man all at the same time. And after the fast, when he got hungry, that's when the man set in. And that's what the devil was waiting for. He was waiting for Jesus to get to that point. He wanted to see the man show up. He knew he was the son of God. I mean, the devils believe and tremble. I hear people tell me all the time, oh, I believe in God. Well, so does the devil. You're no better than him. And actually, the devil probably believes more than you do because I don't see many people trembling. 
I don't see many people being that afraid of God and that fearful of God. Uh, but I believe the devil was watching uh, here for this weakness. Amen. And as this starts, as this began, uh, this strength and temptation begins to shine through. Now I believe we've got to understand some things here. Now I want you to look at what the devil uh, tempted him with. Uh, as we continue to read, the Bible said, verse number 3, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Now I don't know of anything that would be more appealing to a hungry man than having some fresh bread. Right? Now, I've read this many times since I've been saved over the last 30 years. And I've always wondered, what was the significance of this? I never really, I don't think I ever really picked up on the significance of all this. I mean, why, of all the things that the devil could have tried to make him do, why did he do this? And I came to the conclusion it really didn't matter what he asked him to do. You see, the power of persuasion the devil, if he can make you do what he says, he's got you under his control. He's just trying to persuade you that he's right. And if you make the step that the devil wants you to make, you're under his control. You're under his, you're under his subjection. But, you know, I really begin to think about that and I believe Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost and us being full of the Holy Ghost, we understand why that we have the Spirit to begin with. Jesus did not grant us and God did not grant us the Spirit so that we could turn rocks into bread. Jesus did not give us the power of the Spirit so that we could turn $50 bills into $100 bills. That's not why He gave it to us. And Jesus understood, I've got the power to do anything I want. All the angels in heaven are under my subjection. I can do anything that I want to. And all I have to do, all the angels in heaven were at his disposal. But he said, I'm not going to do that. And you understand that being full of the Holy Ghost, you understand what the weapons of your warfare really are. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And Jesus answering him saying, It is written, Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You see, it's important. This, and all this is, is a time of temptation. We've all been there. Satan's just trying to make you do something that you know you don't need to do. And I don't know how it is for you, but sometimes I get into that little rut and I see Satan coming to me over and over and over and over. Uh, and I'm not saying about little kids being Satan, but uh, you ever notice a kid, if they get something on their mind that they want, they just keep hammering at it until they get it? They'll ask and ask and ask and ask and ask until they get exactly what they want. And when they find out they're not going to get what they want, they quit asking and they move on to something else. But you see, that's the way Satan is. He just keeps on and on and on until he gets you to turn and all he wants you to do is what he says. It, it don't matter what it is. Just do what I say. Because that gives him control. And we've got to understand that. So there's power and persuasion. I believe that's, that's why Satan works uh, in our world is the power uh, of persuasion. 
Uh, look at verse number 5. And the devil taking them up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now you think the devil's not a master magician. You think again. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. So he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Why did Jesus come to this world? He came to die. He did not come to rule. He did not come to reign. He came to die. He said, if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight for me. But you see, that's not why he came here. And he knew that's not what his time here was about. But you think about what Satan does with this perceived power. He wants you to think he has more power than he really does. This wasn't his to give. This already belonged to Jesus. And he understood that. But you see, a lot of times, I believe that if we're not careful, this perceived power. See, Satan wants us to make us think that he has more power than he really does. He wants to make us think that if we do not do or he can give us more than what he can really says that he can. We know better than that. But you see, that's the time of temptation, and we've got to see through all that. See, if it hadn't have been for the Holy Ghost and being full of the Holy Ghost and trying to study this in the Spirit, I would have never seen the very fact that this all belonged to Jesus anyway. It was all His. I mean, somebody trying to give you what's already yours? That don't make sense. That's like selling church pews. I've, I've heard people, well, we're going to sell our church pews. No, no, sell them. They're not yours to sell like you give them to another church that's really doing something for the Lord, how do you sell something to somebody that already belongs to Him? It's in the family of God. We had some pews across the road in the old church that were upstairs, and uh, we got to talking about it, and I said, I don't know how in the world we charge anybody for them. It don't belong to us. It belongs to God. How do you sell back to God what already belongs to Him? God gave them to us. We're going to give them to somebody else and let somebody use them for the glory of God. And if somebody gets saved because of them, I say, praise God, they all belong to Him. They all belong to him. So you got this perceived power. Isn't Satan really the majestic magician? He wants to make you think he's got more power than what he's really got. He wants to make you think that he can take you down this road uh, and he can actually give you things that he has no way that he can get. Satan is a liar. He's a liar. He always has been and he always will be. And Jesus answered and said unto him again, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I believe one of the greatest tragedies in our world right now is people are stopping going to church. I, I believe that. You know why? They're not worshiping. If you're a born-again Christian, you should want to worship. If you're a born-again Christian, your desire should be to be in God's house. Now, I know there are some times that we can't be here. And I understand we're living in unpredictable times and we've had this first COVID outbreak and now they're already talking about another one. They may have to shut down again. I don't know. But friend, we got to worship. And, and the devil knows that if he could switch the direction of the worship of Jesus Christ to him away from God and back to the devil, he's already taken a lot of his strength. That's why we're seeing so many people today that are so weak in the Lord is they don't worship. They don't go. The Bible said, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together 
as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to worship what you have. He wants you to worship your body. He wants you to worship everything about you and everything that you have instead of worshiping God. Worship God. I believe we're to worship God. We're to serve God. Uh, so there's this perceived power uh, that he has. And then I want you to look and see uh, what he does. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, Thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from death. Let's back up to verse number 18. Verse number 8 again. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The best thing that you can tell the devil is get behind you. What did the Bible say? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We can all quote that. We use it all the time. What did the Bible say just before that? What did the Bible say just before that? Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You've got to submit yourself to God first. Submit yourself to God. Now, he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast down from thence, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So he brings him here to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, one of the highest places on it. Uh, and he says, If you are who you say you are, why don't you just jump off there and just see if God catches you before you hit the bottom. Now, Jesus could have done that, and I believe angels would have rescued him. And you know, sometimes I believe that Satan uh, makes you feel as if you have something to prove. How about, do you think you've got something to prove? There are church people who make you think you've got something to prove. Satan wants to make you think as if you have something to prove. But you know what? When you get in the, the power of the Holy Ghost, and you're full of the Holy Ghost, and you're full of the knowledge of God in the Word of God, you realize that you don't have anything to prove. I went through years being a Christian thinking I had something to prove. But then I found out that Jesus already proved it for me. That is his work. Salvation is his work. It's not mine. And my responsibility is to yield unto him. It is to yield unto his power. It is to yield unto his ways. His will must become my will. And I've got to yield myself unto that. And then we find that the devil departed from him for a season. Now, there's a time of temptation, and I believe we need strength in that time of temptation. We need strength that only God can give us. And that strength comes through the power of God himself, and God uses the Holy Spirit. He, the Comforter, that lives and abides in us. You're searching for words to say. The Bible said, take no thought of what you'll say on that day, for I will give you the words to say on that day. That's what we need. So the devil departed from him uh, for a season, uh, as, as we find here. Uh, in the scripture uh, and then Jesus in verse 14 returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of him uh, throughout all the region round about you see Jesus didn't lose a thing he just returned in the power of the spirit uh, and that's why we need strength and temptation because when it comes to temptation and you go through that trying time you're either going to come out in one of two ways you're either going to come out better or worse and it all depends on how you react it all depends on how you go into that temptation as to how you're going to come back 
you've got to rely on God there is a temptation in this world to do a lot of things there's more temptation available now than there's ever been before to sin you're looking for an opportunity they're there multitudes of opportunities today but I believe that Jesus returns in the power uh, of the Spirit and I want you to notice what he does here he taught in their synagogues being glorified at all synagogue uh, was basically a local church and he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for the read you know you think about Nazareth what place it was and here where Jesus is from and there were even people that said in his time what good thing could come out of Nazareth I ain't never seen anything good come out of Nazareth but that's where God put him that's where God brought him out of and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written now I believe right here is where we learn why the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. This is it. It ain't to make you speak in languages that nobody understands. It's not to make you turn $50 bills into $100 bills. It's not to make you turn stones into bread. It's not to take somebody's old car, pray over it, and it becomes a new one right there before your very eyes. That's not the way this works. Jesus understood and I believe this is one of the most important passages of Scripture I have ever read in my life I've read it I've preached it the Spirit of the Lord is on me because why how would you finish that how would you finish that if I ask you the Spirit of the Lord on you yes sir why is it there why did God put it there of all the people on planet earth he handpicked you to put his spirit on why would he do that now we find the answer here number one because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor now going back to one of Dalton's points in his Sunday school lesson this morning I really appreciated it, it really just sort of fed right into uh, what the Lord had put on here uh, you don't have to be it, it's not that God only preaches the gospel to poor people you know I'm glad that he did because if he hadn't I would have never got saved but you stop and think about the poor. What, what, is the, what, what, what is the poor in the scripture? Matthew 5 and 3, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You see, there's something to be said today about being poor in the spirit. You see, there's so many people that need to be lifted up. They need to be strengthened. They need to be encouraged. And what encourages you more than anything else? The word of God. How does the Word of God need to be delivered? In the power of the Spirit. Paul said, when I was with you, I was weak in you, and weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. There's nothing better in Spirit-filled preaching. I mean, there is nothing better in this world than Spirit-filled preaching. And we need that Spirit-filled preaching. So he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. He's anointed us. I mean, he's given us something that uh, we need to take out uh, to beyond our four walls. And then uh, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. There's a lot of brokenhearted people in this world. There's a lot of people that are hurting today. There's a lot of people that are uh, down and out, and they've gone as far as they can go. And they get down to the old point, you know, you say, well, I ain't got nowhere to look but up. Uh, I've been studying a whole lot and even got into it a little bit on Wednesday night. Uh, about the book of Ruth I mean you, you look at uh, uh, you look at uh, Naomi and Elimelech uh, they left the only life they had ever known 
they left Bethlehem, Judah, because of a famine, went down to the country of Moab to sojourn there. And when they got down there, Elimelech, her husband, and her two sons died. Now, do you think if they had known that was going to happen, they would have went? They wouldn't have left home. But God had something bigger for them. And I think about Naomi from that point. She had to be brokenhearted. I mean, don't tell me you can lose your husband and your kids and not come away feeling just a little brokenhearted. And I really believe that she really felt brokenhearted. But God, through his word and through his ways and through his message, he healed that broken heart. And she even referred to herself as being Mara bitter. She said, the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. But when that, little, <clears throat> when that little boy Obed was born, joy started coming back in her heart. And I appreciate that. So he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Why else uh, is the Spirit of the Lord upon us to preach deliverance to the captives? There's a lot of people today that are being held captive by Satan and his own will. Do you realize how much of a hold that Satan has on this world right now? I could go through all kinds of things and all kinds of scenarios and I could pick out all kinds of bad, ugly, vile sin. And you know what really bothers me is we're living in a time when we're seeing so much vile sin come to the surface in our society and at the same time our churches are drying up and we can't even find enough Sunday school teachers. These people are acting on what they know. This is what they've been taught all their life how do you know anything different is because somebody taught you something different somebody set you down under the word of God and showed you exactly what you needed to know that's why you know that sin is wrong is because somebody showed it to you out of the word of God and you picked it up yourself and you began to read it and you know what I, I, I have to have to think about it you know and anybody can go out and uh, cause a big scene and do whatever and just walk off and never go back and try to help anybody that ain't hurting nothing you know I think about this sometimes I think about you know the devil just took a poke at us and he's looking at us like what are you going to do about it see how much of control I've got in the world now what are you going to do about it hmm? what are you going to do church you just going to lay down get amongst yourself talk about it is that all you're going to do or are you going to reach out and try to help somebody Think about that. You know, I happen to think today, I really believe that we're living in a time now uh, when if a lot of Christians had to be confronted by somebody that is living in deep sin, they wouldn't know how to do it. They would not know how to do it. I was telling Tracy last night, that's one thing I really appreciate about Liberty University. People talk about Jerry Falwell all they want to, and they talk about what a bad man he was. But I'll tell you one thing they taught us to do up there is how to deal with anybody. Anybody that opposed what you didn't that opposed what you believe, you just didn't go with them and take them a Bible and smack them upside the head. You could actually set them down and tell them why they're wrong. And that's what we need now more than anything else. It's talking about them and hollering at them across a fence is not going to help them. Folks, these people need Jesus. They need the power of God moving and running in their lives. And these people are being held captive. I mean, they're being held, they're, they're in prison. They're in spiritual prison. And I believe that the gospel can set you free. <clears throat> the gospel can help you. Uh, and then we find, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, uh, to give recovering of the sight to the blind. You see, there's so many times we, we get so blinded in this world by things that uh, we, we can't see. Do you ever notice the 
the old saying, remember the old saying, can't see the forest for the trees? I believe that's where we are. People can't see the forest for the trees. You realize how close we are to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Can anybody see that but me? <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're seeing the, the end of all things do not unfold for our very eyes. He's coming. That song we sang in the choir here a minute ago, Jesus is coming soon. I've had that song in my head for six months. I hadn't heard that song since I was a little boy. And I was up straight holler last week, went up there with my dad, and I was up straight holler, <clears throat> straight holler last week. And my dad, uh, and I, I was just sitting there, I was getting ready to get up and speak a little bit. And I was just writing some words down to that song. And I thought, everywhere I go, I'm going to read these words and see if anybody's got a copy of this song. So I just wrote down some words there just before I got up, and I got up, and I read them. And I said, I can't find a copy of this song. A little woman waved it and said, I got it right here in my Bible. Jesus is coming soon. And I said, can I have a copy of that? And she said, I've already got several. You can have this one. Jesus is coming soon, folks. Did you notice some of the words to that song? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me read it here. <clears throat> some of the words to this song. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stake. Somebody knew what they were talking about. Humbling your heart to God, safe from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Love of so many cold, losing their home of gold. This in God's word is told, evils abound. <clears throat> When these signs come to pass, nearing the end at last, it will come very fast, trumpets will sound. Troubles will soon be o'er, happy forevermore. When we meet on that shore, free from all care, rising up in the sky, telling the world goodbye, homeward we then will fly, glory to share. Now here's the part where I get real loud and holler, <clears throat> but I can't do it. <laughs> but we're covering of sight to the blind. You know, I, I read the words of that song and it's real to me. There's coming a day when I'm going to see clearly. The Bible says we now look through a glass darkly, but then face to face. I'm glad I can see. I'm not blind. I'm not down. I'm not discouraged. I'm not defeated. I know where I am, and I know where I'm going to be, and I know how I'm going to get there. And then finally, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Uh, I've just been through a period of bruising myself. I was bruised from my knee all the way down to my foot and my poor little toes. Uh, looked like grapes. I mean, they were just really bad. Uh, but the bruising is starting to go away, and now I'm starting to get set at liberty again. Uh, my old knee still ain't where it needs to be, but I think that's probably old age, and my body just can't heal itself as quick uh, as it used to. Uh, but set at liberty them that are bruised. Man, I tell you, I, I can't wait to get back to the point I can start doing what I did before. Uh, but I'm afraid I'm about to get to the point in my life when I can't do what I used to. Uh, but I thank God today that that's why the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Uh, to set at liberty them that are bruised, them that have been hurt, those that have been injured. I believe there's a lot of people <clears throat> in this world that have, been, that have been injured. And most of all, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When is the acceptable year of the Lord? The Bible says, behold, today is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time today if you'll hear his voice harden out your hearts uh, in the day of provocation and then I like the way Jesus closed this he said this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears you know I'm glad the word of God is still working I'm glad the word of God is still alive and I'm glad the word of God is still moving 
and God is able to do so many things he's able to help us strengthen us and folks I really believe today that we are living probably in one of the greatest days of temptation that we ever seen we're living in a world now when people don't understand they don't know what to do they don't know what to do stop think about it um, you know I, I know there's a there's a there's a big deal right now going on in the world right now about uh, do I take the vaccine do I not take the vaccine that's your business you walk up to somebody and ask them if they taking the vaccine they tell you no don't you say or they tell you yes don't you say where's your faith no hush your mouth Ain't nothing going to go on here, I'll tell you. That's between you and God. And then I know people that say, well, I ain't going to take it. I ain't going to take it. I don't believe it's God's will for me to take it. Well, you actually believe that the Bible said if you drink any poison thing, it'll not hurt you. But you ain't going to take that? <laughs> Stop thinking about it. I understand the reasons. I'm not telling you to do it or I ain't telling you not to do it. Uh, but, folks, I really believe today the Scripture is being fulfilled in our ears. That's up to you. And you know what? There's one thing that I'll have to say. I cannot make you believe in God. I can't make you do it. I wish I could. I'd do it. I'd twist your arm. I'd smack you upside the head. I'd do whatever I got to do to make you believe it. But I can't do that. God, God, God can, but God won't. Right? To heal people, all he had to do was say the word. <clears throat> he didn't even have to be there. Jairus's daughter he healed Jairus's daughter from many miles away and all that he had to do was say the word but to save you he had to send his son to a cross and to get you through temptation you have to have the power of his Holy Ghost on your life he he I know him he lives in me God lives in me Jesus lives in me the Holy Ghost lives in me and this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears we're not following some cunningly devised fable and friend it all comes down to this either you believe it or you don't I remember there was an individual I sat with one time for two hours two hours trying to explain the Word of God trying to explain salvation trying to explain why Jesus came into this world and this individual just came I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it and I said no your problem is you don't believe it when it comes to this book you either believe it or you don't that's just as simple as it comes I can't make you to believe it I can't preach it hard enough to you they ain't a preacher on this planet that can make you believe that's why I understand if I come to a church and I'm going to preach or teach or whatever uh, that it's not going to do you any good for me to get up here and beat on you over it. And, you know, I remember, Dalton, when I first started preaching, I thought that was the way you did it. You just get up there and you beat on people until they come. Make them feel bad. And then I found out there's a better way. Love them. Let them know somebody loves them. And let them know that God's grace is sufficient. And God will help you, folks. I tell you, we're living one of the greatest times of temptation that we've ever been in. People don't know what to do. People are turning away. People are turning here and there and everywhere. But I'm going to tell you one thing right now. If you will yield yourself to God, and again, that's what the Holy Ghost is all about, is you yielding yourself to Him. There could be somebody in here that Satan 
has got you to the point that you're doing everything he says. And he's got you so in tune to him that all he has to do is say it. You do it. You're his puppet. Do you realize how many times and how many things maybe the devil tries to get me to do? Ain't gonna hurt you. Why not? If I did some of the things Brother Dalton, he tries to tell me to do, if anybody saw it, it'd be all over Benham's by nightfall. Guarantee it. Let God have his way this morning. You may be in a time of temptation and you feel yourself giving in to the enemy. Don't let him do it to you. Don't let him do it to you. Strength and temptation. I believe it all comes through the power of God's spirit. And we're going to let him have his way. Linda, if you'll come to the piano and get Dennis with a song. I appreciate you this morning. Thank God for his word. I think about Jesus going through everything that he went through, the temptation, the trial, uh, the ups and downs in life. But the most important thing that he did was understanding he needed to be full of the Holy Ghost. Don't let that scare you. I know people have said about me, well, you know, Greg, he claims to be a Baptist, but uh, I really believe he's a Pentecostal, and he just ain't figured it out yet. Well, I don't know about all that, but I do know this. I know our Redeemer liveth on the latter day. He'll stand upon the earth. I'll see him for myself and not another, and I love being in the Holy Ghost. I love being in the Holy Ghost, and I thank God for it. So if you need help this morning, that time of temptation in your life, and You've just stooped to the point that you just do whatever the devil says. There's more to life than that. God didn't give us the Holy Ghost turn bread, turn stones into bread, turn $50 bills into $100 bills. But he gave us the Holy Ghost so that we could have strength that we need in temptation. As we sing, anybody that needs to pray, come to it.